speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistles from Titus chapter 3. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of our works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, I think we are all fairly familiar with John 3:16. You know the verse that says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's a very, very common verse, one that we see oftentimes at football games on a sign, John 3.16. Now, it is important this morning to note a few things about John 3.16. First, the love of God, as we hear in John 3.16, the love of God is not merely a mushy feeling. And secondly, we are saved by faith, not a warm, sentimental, religious thought. In other words, John 3.16 does not say this, does not say, for God so loved the world that he sent positive vibes so that whoever would be attracted or receive this positive energy from God might feel the most excellent way. Now, dear friends, with this statement, unfortunately, much of American spirituality these days operates within the realm of the abstract. In other words, North American people are fascinated with good vibes, positive energy, and happy thoughts. We think happy thoughts for someone when they're struggling. We send positive vibes to other, other people, to other people when perhaps they have a job interview. And we try to transfer positive energy on others when they're going through a tough time. Sometimes we even try to do this with certain hand gestures, sending you positive vibes, or we gesture that way. The point is, the love and goodness of God, they are both not abstract. They're not hypothetical. They're not floaty. They're not ethereal. But instead, the love of God, it's concrete. Indeed, it's concrete. It's real. It's simple. Take John 3.16 for example again. The love of God is shown not by God having a positive vibe, but instead by God, get this, giving that is right, by God giving. God gave his only son. And so Christmas is about the love of God for you and me, not with God's holiday cheer, but with God's holiday giving, his giving of Christ, Christ Jesus our Lord. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. Love, the love of God, is an action. It's a verb. Indeed, it's a verb. It's an action. The love of God is also a person. And that person is the infant lying in the manger. 
Now, unfortunately, in this world, unfortunately, in this world, love can often be sparse. We all need love, no doubt about it, but often we do not have it from others. Indeed, we do not have it from others. And so youth will oftentimes try to act out mischievously to try and get the attention and love of a parent, oftentimes going the way of negativity to get maybe just a glimpse of love from a parent, from a guardian, to be noticed. A husband or wife will many times divorce a spouse and run to another person, a mistress, a lover, to get the love that they are desperately needing. People will also use money. Yes, people will also use money to try and buy love, giving good gifts to other people to somehow reciprocate love back towards themselves. Furthermore, it's not uncommon to see many fights break out during this Christmas season. You know how it goes. Seasons bring about sometimes the worst in people. You see, family members will oftentimes manipulate those around them to try and get that feeling of love during the Christmas season or whatever season it may be. Frankly, we could actually write a psychology book this morning diagnosing all the unhealthy ways in which we clamor, which we claw, which we reach for, which we strain to try and get love from others. Even with God. Even with God, we desperately want his love. And so with the Lord himself, we often try to do a bunch of good things as well. So it goes this way, trying to get love this way, also goes this way, trying to get love from our Lord God Almighty. And so we get made up in our minds that we can do all sorts of good works towards God to get him to somehow show loving kindness to us, to shower it down upon us, to feel loved in our conscience and our soul, to not be alone. And so we cross our T's, we dot our I's, and we act in ways to get the approval and the love of God Almighty, to shine down upon us, to have that guilty conscience cleansed. Truth be told, though, no matter how strong you may think you are, no matter how strong you may think you are in this world, deep down, that old song from the Beatles is mostly right. All you need is love. You know the song, all you need is love. Love, love, love. All you need is love. Love, love, love. But again, the problem exists that love is sparse these days in our culture. Indeed, it is very sparse. Even in our families, those closest to us will often fail to love us because they themselves are so distracted trying to get love for themselves that they fail to give it to others around them. In fact, that perhaps may be the reason why we talk so much about love in our culture already because we lack so much of not having love in our culture. So what is a person to do? We need love. We want love. What are we to do? Well, before God Almighty, it isn't so much about what you ought to do or what you even can do, but instead it is about what you need to see and what you need to hear. It is about seeing and hearing what has been done for you. It's about seeing and hearing the Lord's love for you. You see, in our reading from the epistle of Titus this morning, the Apostle Paul, he tells you and me that the kindness, get this, that the kindness and the love of God appeared. In other words, the world that we live in is often drenched, no doubt about drenched in malice, drenched in envy, drenched in hate and wickedness. There isn't much room for love in the world these days. But with the Lord himself, we know that his love appeared. It appeared in the midst of the darkness of this world, 
long ago, his love was brought to light and shown to all humanity in the birth of his son, the infant child, Jesus Christ. And so friends, here, here, my friends, is the love of God. Lying in the manger is the love of God for you. You see, in the birth of Jesus, we see the warm-heartedness and favor of God. We see how the Lord wants to treat us as his children. And so, if you want to know whether you are loved or not, all you must do is look. Look to the manger, and then to the cross, and then to the cross to know that you have God's love, that God loves you so much that he came for you. He came for you in that manger, and that he died for you on that cross. You see, if the manger was empty, if it was just an empty box, if the manger was just an empty trough, then you and I might need to worry whether or not the God of the world actually loves us, truly loves us. If there's no blood on that cross, well, then you might need to worry whether or not the God of the universe, the God of the world, was willing to sacrifice and bleed for you. But dear friends, the good news of the gospel is this. The manger is not empty, and there's blood on the cross for you. And so, my friends, you who feel unloved, you who are burdened with sin, you who wonder if anyone else sees you in this chaotic world of chaos and sin and malice and deceit, wonder no more. Wonder no more. You see, your Jesus, he came for you and he was laid in the manger for you. Your Jesus, he sacrificed for you by bleeding and dying and suffering on a cross for you. And to make sure that you would know this, to make sure that you would know this with absolute assurance and certainty this day, that his birth and his life and his death are especially for you, your triune God, he baptized you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and thereby connecting you to Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. Never forget, by the means of baptism that we saw today, by the means of baptism, you are cemented to Jesus and Jesus is cemented to you. So, this day, how much are you loved? How much are you loved this Christmas day? Dear friends, you are loved to the point of the manger. Let that sink in. You are loved to the point of the manger. You are loved to the point of the cross. Indeed, to the point of the cross, to the point of the manger. You are loved to the point of an empty tomb. You are baptized in love to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. You are invited to love, to be loved at the table of the Lord, to feast upon his forgiveness, life, and salvation. And so God's love is not a positive vibe, a happy thought, a positive feeling. Instead, God's love is a manger. God's love is an infant child. God's love is a bleeding Savior a bloody cross, an empty tomb, a baptismal font, and an altar with his son's body and blood, all for you. Baptized saints, rejoice this morning. You are indeed loved. You are indeed loved, not with a positive vibe, but with real flesh and blood. Christmas is proof of God's love for you, love that is not earned but it is freely given to you. In the name of Jesus, who loves you,
lived for you, bled for you, died for you, rose for you. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.